Welcome to the teaching ministry of pastors Carl and Cheryl Thomas. Our favorite verse is Habakkuk 2.14, where the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Consumed by that revelation, we are committed to recognizing, resourcing, and releasing high-impact ministries resulting in global glory, transforming lives to impact their world. We have a teaching that will impact you today. Now, let's get right into that word. Yeah, right. So, so you're going to know. You'll know that the, uh, the good side, the bad side of that is, is it's, uh, it's a shorter sermon, for better or worse. <laughs> A little bit easier to prepare, I hope. So now I've put pressure on myself to be short, so I've got to be. All right, so Christmas uh, playlist. We've been looking at some, uh, some of the songs in the Bible that are, uh, they have to do with Christmas time. So we looked at uh, Zachariah's song. Uh, we looked at how uh, Zachariah, he, like his whole life, Pastor Carl a couple weeks ago told us, his whole life was basically this, this setup for this one-time, once-in-a-lifetime opportunity that he was going to have to serve behind the veil at the temple. And uh, so it's his turn. He's like, wow, this is amazing. He gets this chance. As his group was on duty, I guess, but he's the guy who got to go in behind the veil. The, it's kind of freaky, kind of exciting. But uh, he goes in, and lo and behold, an angel shows up out of nowhere and lets him know, hey, you know what? Well, guy, you're going to have a kid. And that kid you're going to have is going to be the forerunner for the Messiah. So uh, he's, you know, he's like, well, yeah, I, I don't really believe you, but okay, whatever. And he starts doubting what, what the angels told him. He's, he has a really hard time with this. But uh, so the angel strikes him dumb, which is great. He can't speak. Uh, so fantastic. When they take the child, the child's born, they take the child to the temple to be circumcised and, uh, and to give him a name. And they're about to give him the wrong name. And all of a sudden he can speak and he belts out. He says, his name's John. John, call him John. I'm like, are you sure? He's like, yes, it's John. The angel told me. And then he, he has this song. And here's some of it right here. It says, the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. And that is the good news of Christmas. We looked at this. This is the song that Zachariah sings. God has personally invaded all of our darkness. God himself has come. God has come. The king has come. He invaded darkness at Christmas time. And that's Zachariah's song. He's singing about it. Last week, there was a song uh, sung by some angels to some shepherds. And, uh, and the cool thing about those shepherds is that they weren't just any shepherds, although they are when we read them, but they were, it was those shepherds. And they weren't just tending any sheep. They were, they were tending those sheep. And those sheep that they were tending were, uh, I guess, eventually going to be bred to be the, the sacrificial lambs that would be uh, offered up in the, in the temple worship. And, and the whole point of that is that these shepherds, these, these uh, social outcasts, these people on the absolute fringe, God himself chose to reveal himself and to announce that his son was going to be born on the earth to these people. He didn't do, I think last week there was a picture of an Our Lady Peace concert. He didn't do it there. He did it to shepherds, to the seeming nobodies, which is amazing. And, and I just love the picture of the lamb at Christmas. He, he, he comes and reveals himself to the people who are tending sheep. And there's a message there that, that to us, to the, to the important amongst us, whatever that means, to the lowliest, whatever that means, everybody in between. God has come. He illuminates our darkness. And even at Christmas, the message that the Lamb has provided is there. See, in the incarnation, the cross, the life, the death, the birth, all of it, one big message. God loves you. He's crazy about you. And even though our sins, your sins, my sins, the sins of the whole world are like scarlet through the Lamb of God that was born that day, announced to those shepherds tending those sheep, 
through the blood of that lamb, though our sins are scarlet, now they're white as snow. That's a good message, right? Amen. Praise God. So today, we're going to quickly look at another song in the Bible, a song by Mary. I don't know if that's what she looked like. I don't know. Maybe. But uh, I'm not going to sing her song, but oddly enough, lots of people throughout history have tried. So believe it or not, I've got a rendition for you. Go for it. This is Mary's song. Sorry, it's a candlelight service. If you don't know me, I come from an Anglican background, and there's got to be chanting at a, at a candlelight service. <laughs> but honestly, that was for me, because the looks on some of your faces when there was chanting was hilarious. <laughs> so lots of people, they've tried to sing Mary's song throughout history, and I, 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 don't, I don't know if she spoke Latin. Oh my God, that was worth it. <laughs> some of you are like, what? Am I in the right place? Oh, that was amazing. All right, so I don't know if she spoke Latin, but she definitely didn't sound like a bunch of dudes chanting, right? We know that much. Uh, and, and you know, sometimes, it's just a shame sometimes, and, and I'm not being funny or anything, but uh, I, I don't think she looked like that. You know, sometimes you, you kind of get your picture of what's going on in the Bible and, and our religious language, and you can kind of reduce and take the humanity out of it. I mean, Mary's singing a song here, and I think she's pretty happy. I think she's pretty excited. She's one excited person. Listen to what she said, in case you don't speak Latin. <laughs> She said this, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. That doesn't sound like a chant. <laughs> She's full of life, eh? She says, he extends mercy to those who fear him from generation to generation. He's performed mighty deeds with his arm. He scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts, and he's brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. It sounds like my God. He's filled the hungry with good things, but he sent the rich away empty. He's helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and to his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. My soul does magnify the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. She's pumped. She's not chanting. She's excited. I think she can't quite believe it. I think she's like, what? Me? Like, talk about winning the lottery, right? She's won the, uh, the, the young woman most eligible to give birth to God lottery, right? <laughs> God picked her. He did. He chose her. And the funny thing is, she didn't do anything to get picked. She was just picked. God said, you. See, you'll notice in her song, she doesn't point to any fantastic thing that she's done to qualify herself to be a God carrier. And get this, to give birth to the greatest, brightest move of God ever. She didn't do anything to qualify herself. Instead, she celebrated the grace of God in picking her. She says, from now on, I'll be called blessed. Not skilled, not gifted, not talented, not holy, not righteous or pious, but blessed. From now on, everybody's going to call me blessed. She says, God's been mindful of the humble state of his servant. In other words, I'm nothing. I'm the one. I'm, I'm just me. You know, not in a weird kind of way, but I'm just me. But God, in his love, he has graced me. He has regarded me. My soul 
magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. She cries out. And you know, when you encounter the grace of God and you know the blessedness of God having picked you and chosen you and called you for no good reason other than he loves you, there's a cry in your heart too. There is a song. There's a song in there. I'm telling you. Now this is Mary. She's, uh, she's like I said, probably just, just Mary, just going about doing normal Mary stuff. I don't think she was in a palace somewhere. And I just love all the way through the Christmas story. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, is born in a place where there's animal poo. <laughs> I've raised some pigs. It's not nice. Imagine being born there. It's crazy. He's announced to shepherds, outcasts. Now, this is something I want to share with you again. I want to just quote Pastor Carl, actually, from last week. Pastor Carl said this, God chose little places, little people, little things, and he seems to have entrusted himself in such a way, so, in a way that's so vulnerable, and he's still doing this. It's still the plan that God invades our lives. He fills us, he touches us, and then through us, one by one, he manifests the goodness of God through us. That's why we got to get the message. We really got to understand what God's done for us. We got to live out of the reality of who we are as the children of God. See, Mary got it. She understood. I don't think she understood all the details. I don't think she understood that her son was going to die a horrible death on a cross, be raised from the dead three days later, and raise up everyone else. Well, I don't think she knew that. But I think she knew what it was to say, I've been blessed. I know what the grace of God is like in my life. And it made her sing. See, that's what Christmas season is all about. It's about the, the anointed one, the, the coming of Christ to us, that we've done nothing to deserve it. We haven't earned it. We can't. You can't qualify yourself. But if you have eyes to see and ears to hear, Jesus Christ is here. He's come. He's come for each one of us. Now, I just want to share a little bit of backstory to this, uh, to this song that Mary sung. Because backstory is important, right? It, it helps you understand a little bit about a song. Have you ever had a favorite song? I think Pastor Carl shared a few uh, backstories uh, when we first started this sermon. But the one that stuck out for me, and I've heard this before, but the guy who wrote that hymn, It Is Well With My Soul, you remember that story? How he was going to move, I think it was across the ocean, and uh, unfortunately tragedy struck, and his, his wife, and I think it was four daughters, uh, the ship sunk, awful tragedy, they all perished. And uh, later on, he's, he's going across the ocean, and uh, when they get to the spot where um, the ship sunk, the captain calls him and says, hey, to the best of our knowledge, this is where, this is where it happened. This is where you lost your wife and your, ch and your daughters. And, and he writes that song. It is well. It is well with my soul. I won't sing it, but you know it. It's a little bit of backstory helps, right? I say it is well. It is well with my soul when somebody cuts in line at Walmart and I'm last minute Christmas shopping. <laughs> Not to minimize that tragedy or the pain of last minute Christmas shopping. But seriously, a little bit of story helps. So Mary. Mary's doing Mary's thing. Mary's just going about Mary's life, being Mary. And then all of a sudden an angel comes. Says, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Anybody have those moments where you're not necessarily seeking God and God just kind of shows up in your world? And you're like, whoa, those are the best ones. But greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Now look at the word favored, karito, endowed with grace. Mary's been chosen. She's highly favored because she's receptive to God's grace. Nothing more, nothing less. She didn't do anything to earn the honor. She was just open to grace. Now at first, Mary's troubled. She says, but, 
She's troubled at his words and wonders what kind of greeting this might be, as you would. I mean, greeting, says an angel. But the angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary. You found favor with God. Now, this might sound like an odd question, but I mean, have you ever been troubled by the announcement of grace over your life? Can you imagine Mary, somebody who's clearly versed in her religion, in her tradition? She's able to, you know, just from her song, she's able to talk about the promises God made to her ancestors, to Abraham. She knows all this stuff. She's been brought up in a particular, let's say, a Hebraic religious mindset. So initially, she's kind of troubled by grace, but she makes a really quick announcement. She's surprised by it. And I guess the, the, the thing I, I, I want to say at Christmas time, particularly as we move into the new year, don't be troubled by grace. Don't be troubled. See, there's agitators. There, there's, there's, there's stuff out there that really struggles with grace. Don't want, don't want it. Don't want you to have it. Resent you because you have and you hold to the grace of God. Don't, don't let that happen to you. See, God would extend himself to you today, the Christmas season, and belong freely. He would freely give himself to you. Freely and completely. See, he's given us all things in his son. The gift, the indescribable gift that God's given us is Jesus Christ. And along with him, with him, you can't divorce it from him. With him, he's freely given us all things. With him. So don't, don't be troubled by grace. Just open your heart this Christmas season and say, Jesus, I receive you and I receive everything of God that you would bring into my life. Freely, I'm not, I don't earn it. I'm not going to qualify for it. I'm just going to take it. Thank you, Jesus. So the angel goes on to Mary and says this. She says, you'll conceive and give birth to a son, and you'll call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will have no end. Don't worry, Mary, the angel says. That thing that's going to come to pass in your life, that God's going to give birth to in you and through you, it's his own son. He will rule. He will sit on his the throne of his father, David. So here with Mary, that same thing today. You who are called, all of us called, recipients of God's grace, hear and know that that good thing that God has called you to be and to do, it's an expression of the Son of God in you and through you. You will be and you are indwelt by God. You will conceive him in your heart by faith. You have. And that conception will give birth to an expression and a manifestation of the life and the person and the nature of Jesus Christ that's going to carry you into places of rule, carry you into a place of reigning in life and dominion. It's those who receive the free gifts of righteousness and the abundance of grace. Those are the ones who reign in life. So don't worry. Don't worry, Mary. Don't you worry. Just make sure that you get the name right. Get the name right. In other words... Be sure, it's you be sure to recognize that it's the Son of God. Be sure to recognize that it's Jesus who you're carrying. Be sure to recognize in your life when you're expressing the nature, the life, the power, the ministry of Jesus Christ that you give him the glory and the honor due to his name. Be sure to give him the right name, Jesus, the name above every name. So Mary hears this. She's kind of, you can just imagine her mind's just blown. There's a lot going on here. And she says this. She says to the angel, how? How will this be? Fair question, right? Has anybody ever asked God how? You got a promise from God. You've got a word from God. You're really believing something. And you're just, how, how is this going to be? I just, I can't see it. And maybe it's not, hey, how am I going to have a kid because I'm a virgin? Maybe that's not your problem. 
Maybe you've got a different problem. <laughs> Maybe it's, I'm, I don't know, whatever it is. But you're like, I'm just too, I'm not enough. I can't see how, I don't understand. I need this, I don't have that. I just don't get it. I don't see a way forward in this relationship. I don't see how this works in this circumstance. I'm, I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place. God, how? How? Well, here's the answer. I honestly believe with all of my heart that this is, the, this is the answer that the angel gave Mary, and I believe that this is our answer. I honestly believe this. The angel says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so that the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. The power of the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. What you give birth to, what your life is going to and about to manifest, it's by the power of the Holy Spirit, and it is the Son of God. See, God's method and God's answer to your question, how, is I'm going to fill you with my spirit. The power of Almighty God is going to overshadow you. So are we okay with that? That's my question. Are we okay with that? Are we okay to see that God's method of deliverance promotion, blessing in our lives. It's not necessarily all the time with outward signs to be observed. We're not necessarily waiting for God to come and do something mighty. He's done something mighty. The mighty one has come and taken abode. He's come to live and reside in you. See, God, God, God's method is the, the overcoming expression of his own person and his own presence in you, welling up out of you, the presence of the Lord in you, melting mountains like wax before you. It's not always with signs to be observed. It's the God who's mighty inside of you. Sometimes mountains don't move until you move towards the mountain. And it responds to the presence of God in you. Sometimes the water doesn't part until you step into the water. There's some things that just aren't going to move. They aren't going to shift. And if you're sitting back waiting all the time, thinking, God, come and do something, he says, I have. I'm inside of you. Let's do it. That's where the faith comes in. That's where you'll walk towards that obstacle. You speak grace, grace to the mountain, and you see it move as you're about to put your foot on it. That's when mountains move. Funny thing is, that word for the power of the Most High will overshadow you. It's the word episkiazo. It's the same word that's used when Peter. It says people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. Amazing, eh? The power of the Almighty God's going to overshadow Mary, a prophetic type and figure of those of us who have Jesus Christ on the inside, who now overshadows situations as he comes out of us. That's the difference. God's power will overshadow you, engulf you. The Spirit of God will come upon you. And then the angel says to Mary, even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who is unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For the, get this, this is amazing. For no word from God will ever fail. No word from God will ever fail. Now think about this. This is spoken to Mary from an angel. The angel who announced himself said, I'm the one who stands in the presence of God. This angel's had a bird, bird's eye view to all that God's done for a lot longer than Mary had been around and a lot longer than us. She, he'd seen it. He'd seen God do stuff. He stood in the very presence of God. And the testimony of that angel is everything I've seen him do, that creative realm at the throne, not one thing that he said has fallen. Nothing he said is ever going to fail to come to pass. That's a pretty powerful, credible testimony. There's power in the word of God to bring it to pass. There really is. 
So Mary, I think she's made this little adjustment in her heart. I think she's gone from being troubled to grace initially. So look at her response. I'm the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Or in other words, other translations, it says, let it be unto me according to your word. She believed. If you're going to make an adjustment and a twist in your life, don't get introspective and weird over Christmas. Don't get weird at New Year's when you're trying to think of all the things about you you'd like to change. If there's an adjustment that you need to make, let it be up here and let it be one that says, I'm troubled by grace to let it be unto me according to your word. That's the mental adjustment we need to make, thanks to Jesus, because he's raised us all up as new people. Praise God. So I'm the Lord's servant. May it be unto me according to your word. I think that's an amazing way to start Christmas. Say, God, what's your word to me? Let it be unto me, as your word says. No hamburger helper for Christmas. No trying to get in the way, just straight up believing. God said it, I believe it. And not in a, in a weird, kind of vacant, brainless way, if I can say that, but in a way that says, no, I, I've done the calculations. I'm persuaded. I've reasoned. I've calculated that God can and will accomplish those things that he said to me that he was going to do. And I'm going to believe it. I'm going to believe what he said he's going to do. So did Mary believe it? I actually and honestly believe with my whole heart that she did. She believed, and we, have, and we have some evidence as to how she believed. We've got a song. Well, lots of people sing songs. Doesn't mean there's faith. But look at this. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 13. It says, It is written, I believe, therefore I have spoken. Now, since we have that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. See, faith comes by hearing, and hearing of the word of God. But once it comes, it speaks. It finds an expression in you and through you. It really, really does. With the heart, one believes unto righteousness. With the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Your righteousness is secured through your faith and your believing into Christ. But the fruit of that union, the fruit of all that he is and all that he's done in you, it finds expression in you and through you as you agree with it, as you speak it, as you confess it. For no matter how many are the promises of God, we're told in the Bible, they're yes in Christ. God, should I do this good thing? Should I pray for that person? Should I do this, that, or the other? Yes, yes, and yes. Do you want to heal me? Do you want to prosper me? Yes, it's all yes in Jesus. But watch this. Through Jesus, the amen, the let it be, that's spoken by us to the glory of God. So Mary had a song. She had faith. She believed. She spoke. Now, the faith that we have, it has a, a very distinct expression. The Apostle Paul said in Galatians 5, the faith expresses itself through love, and that's the only thing that really matters. But it also looks like this. It looks like peace, and it looks like joy. This is an amazing Christmas Bible verse right here. Romans 15, 13. There it is. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. With all joy and peace in believing. Is your faith hard? Is it strenuous? Are you stuck? Is it a hard thing for you to believe? Well, God wants to give you and fill you with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit and make your faith in him a joyful experience. He wants your faith in him to be full of peace, over, over, overflowing with joy. I, uh, <laughs> I had some time off like two weeks ago, and uh, 
I don't generally do well with time off, but uh, I mean, I had a good week, but I was also a little bit grumpy at times, to be honest with you. And, and one time we're in the car and Jen, Jen says to me, she's like, are you all right? Like, what, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, yeah, it's, it's good. I'm, I'm good. I, uh, I was like, it's the strangest thing. I feel so good on the inside, but every time I open my mouth, something horrible comes out and I just feel grumpy. <laughs> and she's like, that's awesome. But if you're happy on the inside and you can't say something happy, at least tell your face so we all know that everything good's going on. And I'm like, hey, zip it over there, you know? But it's true, eh? Sometimes you got to give expression. What you got on the inside is going to manifest on the outside. It's going to come out, right? So give it, it's got to it's gotta be released. It's, it, it has to find a voice. It has to find, and it will find an expression, no matter what. So may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what Christmas is all about, right? Joy to the world. The angels brought glad, glad tidings of great joy. So be to you and all the people today, born this day in the city of David, is the Savior, Christ the Lord. Glad tidings of great joy. They announced peace on earth and goodwill towards all people, all men. And Mary, she's a prophetic type of all people, of all people to whom the invitation is to receive Jesus Christ on the inside, to be filled with the anointed one. See, he, we've got something so much better than her. She's a prophetic type of what it means for God to come. We've got the reality. Thank God, I don't have a womb. Surprise, surprise. But I've got Jesus Christ on the inside of me in my heart. So much better. So much better. So Mary, she's, she personifies this joy. She personifies in her song this joy-filled expression. I'm telling you, if the faith that you have isn't one of joy and peace... And you know what? Some days we have bad days. But I'll tell you what, it wants to. It's aggressively seeking to find a faith, a joyful, peaceful expression in your life. It absolutely is. See, grace and faith, they, they bring you into rest. They bring you into rest, into peace. So let Christmas be a peaceful time to you. Unlike Mary, she says, My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he's looked at me with favor, with grace. He's seen me as graced. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. Blessed. So let that song be in your heart this Christmas. Let, you find, let your faith find expression through your voice, through you some way. And may the coming of the living word to you this Christmas, I pray that you would hear him. The living word. See, John, in the beginning was the word. The word is, you know, all that stuff with God in the beginning. He, and he came and he tabernacled amongst us. Good thing is now, he's tabernacled in you. He's come and he's tabernacled in you. Till the living word comes, may he quicken faith in your hearts this Christmas season, inspire you so that you too can say like Mary, let it be unto me according to your word. Amen? Amen. All right. Told you I'd be short. Wow. Didn't think I'd be that short, though. All right, well, if I could get the, uh, the worship team to kind of make their way up, and the, uh, the people who are handing out candles to, make, uh, to start passing those candles out, we're going to hit up the, the candlelight portion of our service now, and you'll all be so happy to know that we have this year, instead of real candles and giving you all the opportunity to spill wax all over the new carpet, we've got these, and I think they're beautiful. That is a good battery-operated candle. 
It just doesn't have the same ring, eh? If you put it on Facebook, battery-operated candlelit service. Who knows? But in case anybody's wondering, you're going to get one of these. They're going to pass it out to you. And then there's a, a, I don't know what you call it, just twist it at the bottom. And it'll light. And uh, when I was putting these together, I, I was a little bit troubled because it was flickering. And I was thinking, oh, great, the batteries are all going to die. But I assure you that that is the candle mimicking a real flame. It's not your battery dying. So high-tech, battery-operated candles. So yeah, if you can pass those out, that would be great. And uh, as they're being passed out, and as we're getting ready to enter into this part of the service, I just want to, I want to invite you guys to, to use your imagination with me. I engage your imagination a little bit. That's what these props, that's what these things are really good for. I mean, it's a pretty cool experience. It looks nice. It's awesome. But I'm sure we can all, you know, lock ourselves in a room somewhere and turn a candle on, right? So we're, we're here for something more than just the aesthetics. At least I hope so. I'm here to encounter Jesus in the dark <laughs> with my brothers and sisters. So use your imagination with me. These, uh, these battery-operated candles. Now, usually what we've done in the past is we've, we've lit a candle, and we've, uh, we've done something like this. Uh, at the front, the, the candle's been lit, and then we've passed it off to everyone else, and everybody's kind of had a, a candle, a flame, that started from the one original flame. Now, clearly, we're not going to do that with this. That would be weird. If we're all just bumping each other with battery-operated <laughs> candles. So, just... Uh, Engage that sanctified imagination of yours with me for a second. See, when, when, we, do, when we do hit the lights, you're going to see, and you probably can already, there's going to be candles already on. Now, I hope you know, and I hope this is your experience in your life, but you are not actually ever in darkness. You are not in a situation in your life ever where you're sitting in a dark space. It might seem that way. It might feel that way. But I'm telling you, if you're in Christ, you're in the light already. So the thing you need to do is open your eyes. Not turn the lights on. The lights are already on. Open your eyes. Right. You are not in darkness. And neither are we. Holy Spirit's here. If you're in Christ and Christ is in you, you are the light of the world. See, the Holy Spirit is here. He's already here. We're not going to invoke him. We're not going to try and create an atmosphere where we say, God, the lights are off. Make me feel something. We're going to recognize that the living God's already here. He is here. That's what the candlelight's in the book of Revelation. Anybody ever read the first couple chapters of Revelation? There's candlesticks there. And I think they represent that, that, that uh, dynamic living per power and person of the Holy Spirit, who's, who's the spirit of Jesus and his church. See, the, remember the question, how? God, how's this all going to happen? Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. Holy Spirit's here. So remember Jesus, the book of Revelation. Jesus is the one. Jesus Christ is the one who walks amongst the candlesticks. Jesus is the one who walks in and, in and amongst us. It's Jesus. Well, that same Jesus in the book of Revelation who walks amongst the candlesticks, that's a living reality for us today. Jesus Christ is here. Jesus Christ is here moving and walking amongst us, his people. And he's here to speak to you today. He's here to heal your body today. He's here to communicate the love of the Father to you and to communicate to you the dreams that God has for your life. He's come to whisper into your ear today, yes. All those promises are yes. And they're all amen. 
So we're going to, as we've done, we're going to shut off all the lights in a couple minutes, just in a minute. The music's going to start. We're going to worship. We're going to celebrate the living word who's here. He is. And what, I, what, I, what I'd ask you to do is when you, some of you got your lights on, that's great. I want your light to be today. A prophetic, let it be a prophetic declaration. Let it be a prophetic symbol. When you turn your light on, when you hold your light up high, let it be something. I mean, it looks pretty cool. From here, it looks great, right? But let it be something more than that for you today. Let it be when you hold up your candle that you're saying to Jesus, I receive your grace. I receive you. Let it be unto me according to your word. Let it be a moment. Have a moment with Jesus. We're going to worship him. We're going to spend two songs that we're going to worship Jesus. It's a, the candle is a, a fantastic picture. We're going to worship him in spirit and truth. Let it be a moment. I'm inviting you just to, to set everything else aside in your heart and your mind, to think through your life and just be like, Jesus, let it be unto me according to your word. Now it's Christmas time. It's a beautiful time of the year. Everything that we've spoken about today, all the promises of God that are all yes and amen in Christ, all that good stuff, it's all available to us because Jesus Christ, the same Jesus who came into the world as a baby born in a manger would die on a cross for us. He would take the sins of the whole world, be raised from the dead, and we'd be raised up together with him. And now there's a beautiful relationship available with him for each and every single one of us because he loves you. He absolutely loves you. He's crazy about you. So I just want to offer it, create this opportunity here. If there's anybody here today who's never, who's never said for the first time, I want to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You've heard him, you've heard about him, but you've never said, yes, that Jesus, I want to know him. I want to experience him in my life. If that's you here today, I'm going to ask everybody, if you'll bow your heads and close your eyes, don't trip over the candles. But I'm going to give you the chance. If you've never done that before, at the count of three, just to raise your hand, and we'll all pray together. But if you'd like to receive Jesus for the first time today, on the count of three, just raise your hand up. Ready? One, two, three. Anybody? Well, that's okay. I don't see any hands. That's all good. Bless you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for the salvation that we have. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for living and being big and bright in our hearts. Thank you, Lord, for the, 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 just the, the free access that we have to your presence, to come together to experience you, to enjoy you the way that we have this morning, Lord. We recognize you've been here. You've been amongst us. And we celebrate you and we thank you. We honor you. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I pray for everybody here this Christmas. I ask, Father, that everybody would have the most amazing time together with their families. I pray, Lord, as we interact with our families, extended families, friends, that the light that you are would shine big and bright through us. Lord, we ask that our families be blessed. We ask that the people we know who don't know you would come to know you through the, the magnificent expression of who you are in each and every single one of us. So thank you, Lord. Thank you for your presence today. We're honored and we honor you. Bless you, Lord. So if I could have the, the people who are ministering at the altar, if you could come forward and uh, altar team. And if there's anybody here who just needs a, a touch from God today, you know, Christmas is a beautiful time. Sometimes it's a difficult time. If you feel that you need prayer, you just need a little help speaking to that mountain and saying, grace, grace, be gone. 
being moved in Jesus' name. If you need something like that, come to the altar. Receive prayer today. And God bless you all. Have a great, great Christmas.